Hey, welcome to the Why It's Great podcast. On this episode, Evan and I are breaking down our top five movies of 2023. Yes, we are. Now, I say this is the Why It's Great podcast, but some of you who haven't been listening in a while or just saw this on your feed, you're like, wait, Why It's Great podcast? I was subscribed to the Professional Appreciators podcast. Yes, the 30 people. Yeah, the 30 people who, be pissed off. who may be confused on their commute to work. Uh, uh, I think on our last episode, we mentioned we were changing the name. Now, here's mm-hmm. the wrinkle. We changed the name. It's the Why It's Great podcast, so it matches the YouTube channel. For some reason on Spotify, the graphic still shows professional appreciators, even though the name has changed. I have no idea why. As so long, As long as you're an Apple user, then you're just yeah, fine. I'm pretty sure Apple Podcasts has the name and the graphic all changed over. Yeah. So for you Spotify, you Spotify listeners. You Spotify legends. You Spotify diehards, which is me. I'm a Spotify diehard. That's Andrew. There has to be one of each in every group, and I'm the Apple person, and Andrew's yeah. the Android person. It's going to so. be a little confusing. But anyway, I just say that so you're not confused. It bugs me. If you're a perfectionist, like with OCD, yeah, it's yeah. probably going to bug you, and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to keep messing with it. We're going to fix it at some point. But we host this on Fireside, and so it goes from Fireside to all the other podcast channels. So it's yeah. not like I can go directly into Spotify itself. I can't touch Spotify. It's correct on Fireside. So if you're upset, email Joe Rogan. There you because go. he's got like a massive multi-million dollar deal with Spotify. He can get you in touch with those people. I cannot. Maybe email Jamie. He probably has a better idea of how yeah. that's. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, we're going to break down our top five of 2023. We need to, we need to like set up a skeleton in the corner that yeah. we can refer to. Ooh, I'd love you that. You know, like a... <laughs> well, your son has plenty of skeletons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. big skeleton guy. Yeah. Um. Well, Evan, real quick, uh, I'm going to start off listing some, or listing some honorable mentions. Okay. Because I was going through this earlier, um, and there's a lot of movies I really liked in 2023. Yeah. But not a ton I loved. I would agree with and that. And so I, I focused... I focused my top five as the ones that really stuck with me, the ones that made me think about it the most, the ones that that have, you know, ever since the credits rolled have stuck with me. But there's still so many movies just outside my top five that I really, really like and want to honor. Yeah. But I can't. So I'm just going to go through them real quick. So just outside of my top five, I mean, like I changed it this morning. Yeah. Is Barbie. Okay. I love Barbie. It's the most fun I had in the movie theater. Yeah. But having rewatched it, it's not that it got worse for me. It's just I realized there's a bit more to chew on on the movies in my top five. Yeah. Um, And that Barbie will always be a go-to, like, I need to get in a good mood, you know? And we already reviewed Barbie, so if you want to hear my full thoughts on Barbie, go back in the podcast. Yes. Also, just outside of my top five is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, I thought this movie was really good. It, it's just below the original, but I loved how um, in a tsunami of superhero films, this one really tackles a problem with that genre that not many other movies have, which is um, 
superheroes tend to honor the status quo. Mm-hmm. You know, like what what do superheroes do? Oh, there's a problem in the world. Let me fix it and bring everything back to where it was. Yeah. And across the Spider-Verse takes that as its main plot point, which is these these Spider-Men spread across the multiverse have this problem where uh the same thing happens to them where they have they have a tragedy that brings them into their superherohood you know like ben dying right right so uncle ben dying so they all have that tragedy and the the main bad guy of the film is trying to make sure that happens to every spider-man spider-man <laughs> whereas miles is going no let's not accept the status quo what if what if we can stop that and it doesn't break the multiverse? Mm-hmm. So I just really like that it that it pushed superheroes to actually be a little bit more forward thinking and not accept the status quo. And there's all the artistry and the artwork and it's beautiful. And then real quick, just outside of my top five, Anatomy of a Fall, fantastic, fantastic courtroom drama, really good. Um there's so much I want to say about that movie, but it just it just wasn't as good as my top five. And then there's Mission Impossible, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Killer, Asteroid City, all really good. But those are just outside my top five. Do you have any honorable mentions? Um, I would probably some of my honorable mentions. The one that comes to mind, I think, just because it's been all around social media so much for me, that's not in my top five is Saltburn. It's been really? like, I know you hated Saltburn. I did not like Saltburn. But at, you know, at the end of the day, I think whenever you take out the idea, like the talented Mr. Ripley of it all mm-hmm. and the kind of like parallels that you see between those two movies, I think it was a well-made movie. I think yeah. it was well-made. They did a lot really well. And at the end of the day, I was entertained by it. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's been so much talk about it. It's easy to be like, Oh, I hated it because I tend to go that direction whenever I wouldn't say there's been so much chatter. I wouldn't say I hated it, but I didn't like it, but I thought that it was entertaining and I thought it was well-made. And, uh, I also like Barry Keegan. I mean, him and Jacob Elordi are great in that movie. Yeah. So I thought there were good things about it. So it's, it's not in my top five, but yeah. I think it's, it could be an honorable yeah. mention. I, I, I think I've mentioned this before in the podcast. For me, the biggest crime a film can do other than like being like super problematic in its messaging, you yeah. know what I mean? Like racist or something. Yeah. Other than something like that, the, the biggest crime of a film is being boring. Yeah. And that, at the very least, it wasn't boring to me. Yeah. Like it, like it had compelling imagery. There are nitpicks. Like I think a lot of the, the imagery was uh, guideless. It was like almost interesting shots that are there just to be to interesting. Be interesting. Shot. And no like recurring motif. And yeah, and, they weren't all like that. But yeah. But real quick, the thing that bothered me the most was like the twist that, like the movie tried to do a twist when it right, didn't need to right. do a twist, which was weird to me. Sure. Anyway, but we can talk about Saltburn some other time. Yeah, we can, we could, you know, talk yeah. about that another time. But uh, yeah, just outside my top five, I probably also have uh, Reptile. Oh yeah, I still need to and watch. And honestly, that. that's probably like six, number six. Uh, well, what about a No One Will Save You? No one will say. Did you ever watch you. that? The uh, the oh, movie with no dialogue, yes, the alien that, invasion. That is also outside of my top five. I was just thinking about that. 
as you were talking, I was like, what was that movie that came out that had no dialogue? I couldn't remember the name of it because it's so yeah. long. Well, then there, and I, you, I've really enjoyed that. Did too. you watch Air? Yes, I did. Air was fine. Like, it was good. It was fine. It was fine. I, I don't, it's, it's probably, it's definitely not my top five. I don't know if it's in my top 10, but it was a fun movie. It was yeah, fun. It was, it was just fun. good and fun. It was nice. Yeah, just Affleck and Damon, you know, just being buds. Just making being, a movie together. Yeah, just being boys, you know. If that's all they do is just like For the rest of their career. Just like make, like make like perfectly fine movies. Yeah. Just perfectly entertaining, good movies. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. I'm fine with that, yeah. Okay. They've done enough for us, you know. Well... <laughs> Uh, my face. Since we're tight on time this morning, which I hate to do that to the listeners, like we've been gone for months and then it's like, we got to do a real quick one. Well, there could be a quick one or nothing. <laughs> That's true. So yeah, don't complain, I guess. <laughs> That's Evan's message. Don't complain. <laughs> well, you're, you're perfectly fine to complain if you want. I'm Evan, just saying. Evan, we don't, we don't have enough listeners and followers to be like, to be like, you get what you get. We can take the hate. <laughs> you know what? I would, at this point, like... I'll take hateful followers than no followers. Yeah, know? that's fine. Hate's, yeah. hate's fine, too. Let's start, that saying, has its place. let's start saying controversial stuff. <laughs> like, the Golden Globes host was okay. Yeah. No, actually, no, he was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, let's really? let's get into it. Uh, do you want to do your number five first, or do you want me to go? Uh, I'll do my number five first. Okay, what's your number five, Evan? My number five is... The Killer. The Killer. Okay, yeah. I'm glad that made your top five. It definitely made my top five. Um, it was a movie that, like, unsettled me the whole way through, but was also very funny. Um, Might be Fincher's, like, funniest movie. Yes. it. It. He approached it from a place of, like, it was very lighthearted. Like, the, uh, the narration to me really was comic relief. There's a, there's a um, but, cheekiness but, to it. But I love that as you go through the movie, you realize that your narrator is, um, you can't really trust him because he's insisting the whole time that it's not personal. Yeah. He insists that it's like, this is just like, you have your, you do what you know, follow your list. Like I, this isn't personal. It's just, but then every action that he makes throughout the movie says the exact opposite of that. Yeah. And so I love that. Like it was, most of it was so dry and emotionless, but every action he makes is full of emotion and yeah. full of, you know, vitriol and revenge and kind of getting his and, uh, so I, I just loved that that duality kind of, and it was something really different from Fincher, and I just yeah. really enjoyed the performance, and uh, I I thought it was really funny. The action was really unique, and this is in my top five. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I really liked how it took uh, this, you know, super talented assassin that in any other movie, he'd be like the coolest, most interesting yeah. guy. But because yeah. I think the movie is trying to talk about how like like capitalism and like the workforce is so like dispassionate and empty <laughs> that even an assassin would feel like he's working a, a boring soulless nine to five. Which is job. such a funny premise. It's so like, it's like it's like imagine an assassin whose job is so boring and rote and routine that he's like <laughs> he's almost like a DoorDash driver. Like you he know eats what I mean? McDonald's yeah. and just like, like anybody else and yeah. i think i think on a meta way you know like 
it's kind of like Fincher commenting on like his him being a director that like you you are making these movies for your financers. Yeah. And it almost like like where do you find the balance between this is a job I'm getting paid to do and like also making something that's meaningful and personal to me and that contradiction. Yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, it's like, you know, that tug of war. And yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't really get to say anything about reptile. Oh, it was yeah. the, my number six. Your number six. Yeah. My honorable mention. I just want to wrap back around to that. And I wanted to say it kind of feels like a season of true detective condensed into two hours. And mm-hmm. It pays homage to a lot of like procedural detective movies, but, um, I, uh, Benicio del Toro in that movie is wait, no, that's not Benicio del Toro. Uh, and reptile. Yeah. Yeah. Is that him? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, he, his performance is so fun, dude. It's, he just plays it so fun and you got to watch it. I know okay, you I made it like it. an hour in. Well, you or something. tried to show me at like 1am yeah, like in the morning. Yeah, it was yeah. super late and you fell asleep and it is a procedural, like it's not. Yeah. You know, it's no fast 10. Which, speaking of <laughs> but, True Detective, we should do like a weekly recap of the new season. Oh, I'm down for okay, that. Okay, but anyway, anyway. Okay. okay, my number five, which I think will be higher on your list. Okay. And that's The Holdovers. Yeah. This that's going to be higher one, on my list. The Holdovers is the one that knocked Barbie out for me. Yeah. Uh, And I watched this two times within three days when it came out on Peacock. Yeah. Uh, I watched it by myself, and then I watched it with you yeah. a couple days later. Talk about a very warm, cozy movie. Yeah. And it's definitely going for that old-fashioned, we're going to make it just like they used to in the 70s, like with the film grain and the aesthetic. Um, But it's not just the 70s aesthetic aesthetic with nothing else. Like, there actually is real emotion to the story. Well, it's also that time period. It yeah. takes place at that time. But it's just not like it's not like window dressing where it's just like the visuals and the cozy images. Like there actually is a great story and I just love Paul Giamatti's character who's a history teacher who has kind of he's a history teacher who's stuck in one place in time, which is so funny. Yeah. And that like he he won't push himself into the future. He's working at the same boarding school that he went to as a high schooler and he's been there for years and his former students are now his bosses and he's never examined the the parts of his past he can't let go and then he gets this student who also has a past Mm -hmm. who he can't let go with his father and his mother yeah and just their relationship um i just thought was so moving and at the end you know it's kind of predictable you can kind of see you can kind of see where the the chess pieces are going, but it's executed so well that the catharsis still hits you. Yeah. Um, with them both supporting each other. Yeah. And then both pushing themselves to enter into an unknown future and to push themselves to like focus on the future and not the past. And it was just so beautiful. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if, is that on your top five? Yes, it's definitely in my top five. Uh, and we can talk about it more yeah. whenever I bring it up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's my number five. Number five. Okay. So my number four is May, December. Ooh. I loved May, December. I think that it's a tough topic. I think it's a weird, yeah. awkward topic. Yeah. Um, but I just think that it had a very interesting message kind of 
it had a message almost anti-entertainment or anti-media where it was oh, like yeah. look at how look at how we take advantage of these stories oh yeah and and look at how we just kind of suck them dry and we we like all these people that we get these stories from um they're left just kind of picking up the pieces of their life after this bombshell has gone off and blown up their lives not to say that you know you should feel sorry for anyone that is in that movie mm-hmm. you know i personally i did i did feel sorry for the well um, i mean there's one person the husband yeah. yeah there's one person you should feel sorry for yeah. yeah there's one person you should feel sorry for but uh i i really enjoyed how the movie unfolded especially if you know nothing about the like source material yeah uh, i went in blind yeah if you go it's... in completely blind to that movie it's really it's a really interesting discovery kind of unfolding because they don't get they don't kind of reveal their hand until right about away, like yeah. 30 minutes into the movie maybe a little longer and um the characters kind of sorting through the emotions of their situation because of this actress coming uh into their lives she starts asking questions and it makes them start realizing that they have a lot of un this this performance they've been yes yeah putting on yeah. exactly and uh i just really loved it it was um it was kind of more of i feel like they're emotionally resonant movies and movies that the message is a little more of an indictment yeah. and i tend to i tend to love ones that are emotionally resonant and right below that i'm like I love a movie telling me how crappy of a person I am. Dude, that ending, <laughs> like, that ending is yeah, so Yeah, the ending is such good. a, yeah, it's such a blow. In a where dark, it's like, dark, oh, messed up way. Yeah. Well, that's that's higher in my list, so I'll save my comments yeah, for I, later. But that, yeah, that's that definitely deserves to be in the top five. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, you should definitely watch it if you haven't seen it. Okay, uh, my number four is Martin Scorsese's I almost said the Irishman. <laughs> My number four is a movie from 2019. Yeah. No, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, mm. which uh, we talked about on a whole podcast episode. So I'll keep this brief. But yeah. I mean, it's Martin Scorsese towards the end of his career making yeah. another banger. Yeah, uh, Lily Gladstone is phenomenal. Leonardo DiCaprio is really good. I think they both. Bobby D. Uh, they both should be nominated for an Oscar, and I think Lily Gladstone should win. Oh, I hope she wins it. Uh, but she was so good in that movie. It's just such a great analysis of how, um, how us as white people, our ancestors, just you know, sucked not only this land dry, but a people that we took advantage of a people and just completely wiped them out, and how the 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 banal the banal evil involved with perpetrating yeah. those crimes but then acting yeah. like it was so normal and routine and, it's, and how he depicted the the murder and the evil the characters doing that as if they were just like doing a chore like taking out yeah. the trash i i my sentence about it is like the movie is about how greed and evil dehumanizes yeah where it's like the the power and the greed and the money made people not human in other people's eyes and so it's like this dehumanizing process and this undressing of your like conscious conscience 
And so, yeah. And, and underplaying the violence for me makes it even more like aggressive and, and affecting. Right. Um, and then at the very end, Martin Scorsese wraps it in this bow where that ending with the, the, the uh, kind of stage play radio performance. Yeah. And again, like May, December, this violence yes. and evil is then repackaged as entertainment for you. And as someone yes. who read the book, though the book is not like directly like, oh, look how entertaining it is, what happened yeah. to the Osage people. But you're like, you're questioning your motives. Wait, why was I fascinated with this story? Yeah. Was I fascinated with this story because I needed to be entertained or to like educate myself on I wanted to the hear history. about the money and the power and the right. murders, you yeah. know. And, and the FBI and Scorsese, yeah. like again, like Wolf of Wall Street, he ends the movie and he's kind of like, holding a mirror up to you and making you question yourself. Exactly. So yeah. that's my number four. Fantastic. That movie, uh, like I think that also perfectly describes my feelings about May, December. And I think you, you said it better than I could say it, but that's, it has that very same feeling. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, killers is my number three. So, Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, uh, I loved it. We did a whole podcast episode about it. The performances are amazing. You really are just getting to see masters do their thing. Like so good. Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, like just masters at what they do, just doing what they do best. And I, I loved it. Um, it's such an important story to know. Uh, yeah. And the book, man, if you have time and can read the book, read the book. It's unbelievable. Yeah, there's a lot more in the book. Yeah, and... Uh, and if you say it's too long, just go outside and, like, just s s eat dirt. I don't yeah, know, like... It's... Get out of here. For for a movie with as much detail as it had, it moved pretty well. So, yeah, yeah I, I was always... I, I haven't talked to anybody since it came out about that movie, but I'd be interested in hearing people's perspective that hadn't read the book but watched the movie right you know what i mean because knowing what's coming especially with like the trial yeah. that happens and all that stuff i'd be really i'd be really fascinated to talk to somebody that hasn't uh that was kind of going in a little more blind yeah to what it was about but yeah that's my number three we've talked it to death so oh, yeah. just go see it well my my number three is a movie i don't think you've still seen yet oh uh john wick four I haven't seen John Wick 4 it's yet. It's that high for me. It's number three for Dude, you? John Wick 4. Wow. Every single set piece and action, action sequence is like the best of the year. And then it keeps topping itself. Oh, my God. You're watching and you're going, oh, my gosh, this, this is the best action sequence of the year. Next one. That one's even better. That was the best of the year. The, the next one. And... It's just That's insane. like there is not an ounce of fat on that movie. And it's a long movie. Wow. Yeah, it is long. Yeah, it it's is, one of the longest of the year, I think. Yeah. Now, is it as deep or thematically rich as every other movie in this film? No. <laughs> it's John Wick just like murdering people. But the the yeah. when it comes to every other aspect of filmmaking, you know, like the blocking, um, the uh, the camera work the set pieces the way in which you know it, it, it's it's like a dance the way in which you know john uh not john wick uh uh keanu reeves and his other actors and the stunt coordinators the way in which they move in and out of the frame well let's and, be real john wick keanu reeves is john wick yeah he's the same person yeah that's yeah. the one and the same he's but it, there's it, no difference i mean it 
it, there's just so much artistry on display in, in how this film was made and how the action action sequences uh, weave in and out of the story. And it, yeah. it's just so invigorating. Yeah. And I don't know, as someone who just loves the way movies are made and filmed and blocked and all that stuff, like John Wick four does it so well. Um, and there are certain scenes that I just can't wait for you to watch, but it's just one of the most flat out invigorating, entertaining movies I saw this year. Yeah. Agreed. So that was your number three, three baby. All right. You ready for my number two? I'm ready. My number two is Oppenheimer. See going in, I would have thought the way you've talked about Oppenheimer would have been like, I don't even know if it's making the top five. So I'm happy it's your two. It's high up. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Similarly to Killers Mm -hmm. of the Flower Moon, uh, a master doing his thing, you know? And uh, I think that, again, like Killers of the Flower Moon, an important story to know. Um, and the way that they told the story carried, so again, a very long movie. And, um, if you just hear about the fact that it's about a physicist and the Manhattan project, you're like, well, is that going to carry me for three? Like, could that be boring? I mean, we make a three hour epic about a physicist. It's, uh, no, it's well-paced it's a fascinating movie edited so well edited really well man some of the uh some of my favorite parts of the movie and and the most anxiety inducing was when he's having that realization when he's at school Mm -hmm. and he's realizing like kind of how the world is put together yeah like that montage and that imagery and him kind of like dealing with the power of the knowledge that he's starting to possess. And like, that was like very anxiety inducing for me. And it was like, made me feel a lot of emotions. And so, yeah, it was just super well-made, a fascinating story. I mean, Christopher Nolan, just what can you say? Like he just kills it every time. And, uh, the performances by Killian Murphy and, Robert Downey Jr. And every every Emily single Blunt person in and, the movie, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just stacked. And uh, I just love that he made that story about Oppenheimer a, a banger and a blockbuster. And uh, No one else could do that. No. And uh, yeah, I loved it. I, I loved how the story of the project was kind of juxtaposed with the story of the trial and kind of his very systematic undressing in the public eye. And it's keyword again, undressing. Yeah. It's just a, again, it's a a important story to know. So, well, I'll talk about that, uh, in a second. Okay. But, uh, my number two is May, December. Oh, uh, and you know we you already talked about it a bit so i'll I'll keep this quick but uh again it's a really clever movie about the ways in which movies and tv shows and documentaries take these stories of like abuse and under the guise of we're going to get to the truth of this Mm -hmm. really what they're doing is just repackaging it for your entertainment yeah and so having natalie portman's character come to play uh, 
to play the part of, you know, this older woman who abused a younger man yeah, as a way to get to the truth and yeah, really yeah. understand her only to just make a cheesy, uh, cliche, you know, docu-movie well, about it well, is hilarious. If we're going to do spoilers, too, about the movie. Yeah. Which, sorry, spoilers. Uh, they're the same. They're parallel yeah. characters. Which they're, the use of the mirrors throughout yeah. the whole movie really drives that home. And they're they are exploiting him in the same way both of them it's it's emotionally the same way it's not it's not literally the same but it's like it's emotionally the exact same abuse that he had before and And so so, and so in a way this performance this movie this story that's going to get to the truth of it all it does is re-victimize yeah that person so it's just there's a lot of stuff to chew on and think about. So that that's my number two. Yes. Very good. Uh, my right. number one. All right, Evan. Here we, we go. My go. number one is the holdovers. Just straight Dang, up. You're number one. That's my number one. Yes. Uh, I love an emotional, like just these, I, I love a movie that starts out and has two characters on opposite sides of the fence. And mm-hmm. throughout the movie, they get closer and closer and closer until it just like ends with this emotional catharsis. I just, oh, so I love a dynamic character that's hateable, that changes and has depth and just like <laughs> has I, a lazy eye. Yeah, dude. I just love <laughs> that changes throughout the movie. Yeah, it changes sides. Oh, man. There's a there's so many good things about that movie. If you haven't seen it, just watch it. It's like both heartbreaking and feel good and like warm and toasty. And let's talk about uh, I I don't know her name. Oh, um, let me see, let me see the lunch lady in the movie. Yeah, let me pull it up. Ah, quick, Andrew. Uh, oh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Is it is a <laughs> yes. div- divine or uh? Jo- I don't know. I don't know. It's. D A apostrophe capital V I N E divine probably divine yeah divine joy Randolph yeah she was unbelievable in that movie she was so good so good so and good. like I've I was saying to Carly after we watched the movie uh she's in only murders in the building oh that's right. and I don't really like I'm not drawn to her character in only murders in the building mm-hmm. like it's fine uh but whenever I saw she was in that, I was like, Oh, it, it might be a similar performance, but no, from the very first sentence that she speaks on the screen, I'm like, wow, she is killing. Like, she's just like killing the voice, killing just everything. And she, she was so she good. She chews up the scenery. She stole the movie for me. Like she absolutely, which is stole hard it. because Paul Giamatti was really good. Oh, he's fantastic. But she was, she stole the whole thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. She was unbelievable. So watch, Watch the holdovers and then watch it again and again and again. Yeah, it's, it's so that, good. It's that cozy. Okay, well, I don't. I don't think it's a surprise what my number one is. What could it be? I don't know. Three, two, one. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's Oppenheimer. Though yeah. the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie was really good, but uh, it's Oppenheimer. I don't have to say too much. We made a whole podcast about it. I made a video essay about it. Um, yeah. I just think it's a really really important entertaining examination about how uh there is a moral responsibility to the ideas you put in the world and that you can't just theorize and uh create new ideas and not be morally responsible 
to what happens and how those ideas are used yeah militaristically societally and i I think through oppenheimer you see that arc of you know oh ideas are just ideas and then you see those ideas become actualized and the horror that brings and it's just done perfectly loved it it's my number one of the year yeah beautiful movie all right that's our top five. I got to go. <laughs> I can't stay here, but I got to go. Uh, but yeah, that was our top five. Um, maybe we can break down some of these movies a bit more in the coming weeks. Yeah. But uh, let us know what your top five was. Uh, did you like what was in our list? What would you add? What would you take away? Comment. Let us know. Like. Subscribe. Uh, and hopefully we'll be seeing you soon. Yeah. Yeah. Subscribe to the Patreon, too. Yeah, and the, the Patreon. Patreon.com slash widescreen. Yeah. All right. See you guys. Bye. I got to go. <laughs>